Hello and welcome to Just Marcus Podcast 365. My name is Shay and today is May 6th, 2019. Well, I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Uh, I had a great weekend. I want to talk about a few things. I want to talk about the market reaction today, Monday, and how the market reacted to the renewed uh, tariff talk and um, and the possibility of the trade negotiations with China falling apart. I want to talk about, in general, about trade in general and about tariffs and how they affect you know, U.S. business and Chinese business and, you know, as you, the investor, how should you think about these negotiations and, and, and how are tariffs affecting U.S. companies? And then, of course, we'll also uh, talk about the market reaction, the potential impact on earnings, and I'll, I'll give you an example of a CEO that was on Bloomberg today and how he talked about trade and tariffs and, and how it's costing his company. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. And then lastly, we will uh, chat about a, a listener question that I received over the weekend, and he had a great question, and, and I'm really, really excited to answer it. So let's get into the trade and tariff. So first we'll talk about tariff, what it is, and then we'll get into what the news was over the weekend. And then we'll we'll talk about the impact on the markets and uh, and what ACO thinks. So a tariff is basically a kind of a fine or a fee that a country may charge on imports, right? So for example, uh, the U.S. is you know you know trading somewhere around five hundred billion dollars of imports a year from China, and that's anything from paper clips, t-shirts, to machine parts, to automotive parts, really everything under the sun, right, that we import from China. Basically, uh, if somebody were to put a tariff on everything that we import from China at 10%, that would mean that a, a um, that U.S. would get a tariff of 10% on everything that's coming in from China. So you would think that uh, the cost of everything that that goes into um, those imports uh, would actually go up for the U.S. consumer because the U.S. is a consumer-based economy. So if you bought a T-shirt for $10 and the tariff increases by 10% on that T-shirt, now you, you will pay $11 for that T-shirt, right? Now, it's a misnomer that uh, the... The Chinese company is going to pay for it. It's actually not. It's actually usually the U.S. consumer because costs um, are usually passed down to the end user or the, or the consumer. So, generally speaking, um, it's not always the case, but most of the time, it's, uh, it's, it's the tariff is actually a cost to the person that's buying or or consuming the product. So the U.S. has been very unhappy about some of the Chinese government policies around intellectual property, right? And the, really the crooks of the negotiation has to do with intellectual property rights. A lot of uh, Chinese companies or, or, or the government actually makes the U.S. companies pass um, if they're manufacturing, uh, you know, some kind of high technology there or what have you. Um, they it, It's the law that they would make them share that 
technology, the, the intellectual capital with the locals. And so they then are able to ma manufacture those those items cheaper. And we've seen this with a lot of the, the chip makers and, and the semiconductors and all these guys, right? So, so we've seen this happen a lot. So that is a really where the most important part of this trade negotiation is negotiation is i i truly believe that tariffs that china has on u.s products really doesn't make a whole a lot of sense because we what we would sell in china what is most likely being being manufactured and produced in china itself so we're really not you know for, you know, for u.s multinationals it's really not an issue right so it but the issue is this this transfer of intellectual property that is i would say the most important part of the of these trade negotiations so we've talked about what a tariff is. We've talked about where the main issue is in these uh, trade talks. So now let's talk about where things are at currently and where the where things may be going. So currently, the U.S. is charging a 10% tariff on 200 billion worth of, of Chinese goods that are being imported in the U.S. on an annual basis. Now, uh, these goods have, you know, the, the, these are multiple goods, not just one thing. So, so that's where things are at currently. And that is uh, what, and, and the reason the, the, U, the U.S. Trump administration did this is to bring China to the table to negotiate deals. And, uh, and the Trump administration has also threatened in the past uh, to raise these tariffs to 25% and, and 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 uh, and put tariffs on on the additional three hundred billion in um, in imports, uh, so uh, so Chinese products become more expensive in the U.S. So far, these uh, tariffs have had a, a decent impact on the Chinese economy. Um, some estimates show that the Chinese economy has been affected by about you know point one to point two five percent of its growth in, in GDP, which is actually pretty, pretty significant for a, a, a country that's growing at six and a half percent. Right. So, so, you know, we you know, we've taken off about the, these tariffs have really taken off about 25 basis points off their, off their top line growth. So that is a significant economic impact. Now, if a uh, U.S. were to raise these tariffs to a, a higher amount, that economic impact could be much, much higher. So over the weekend, President Trump tweeted that he is is going to be raising tariffs on Chinese imports, the same $200 billion that's already being taxed at 10% to 25% on Friday this week. So what has happened is that that took uh, everyone by surprise because the initial reporting was about the trade negotiations that things have been going well, they're, you know, they get they're getting closer to a deal. It could be months away, but they're making progress. So the markets looked at that and said, "Hey, you know, we we're we're not going to have any escalation of of, of any uh, more more tariffs or what have you because we are there is negotiations going on and things are going well." But this tweet over the weekend really changed all that, right? Because it it is um, as an investor, you can think and say, "Hey, if the if uh, uh, President Trump is willing to raise tariffs on these 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 Chinese imports, that means that the trade negotiations aren't going as well as we initially thought, or or it was being reported, and um, and that's why 
President Trump is, is, is making an effort to up the ante on these negotiations. And that's really what's going on here. Now, the fact of the matter is these negotiations were never going to be easy, right? And because in these negotiations, we're impacting Chinese laws and regulations, right? So it's not like, you know, they're going to buy more U.S. products or what have you. You know, when you're asking for a structural change of an economy, that's going to take a long time. So, and these negotiations are very difficult. We're asking the the, the Chinese government to change policies about transferring of IP of you know um, IP and into intellectual property and that and they're not going to be uh, doing that very easily. They'll want a period of time for them to to make that change and all these things, and it may not be suitable for for the U.S. side here, right? So that's why you're seeing a lot of uh, and and also China doesn't want to be looked like it's being pushed around by the U.S. when it comes to uh, trade negotiations either, right? Because they're trying to to create an image and, you know, and show an image where they are a equal player to the U.S. when it comes to trade, and which it probably is. So now the Asian market reaction was much more significant than what, where it was in the U.S. The, the, uh, the Shanghai Stock Exchange, the SSE, was down about 6%. As soon as this information was announced, you know, on uh, announced and on on Sunday night, on Sunday night when I started trading, so we already saw a significant move in the Asian markets and especially China, and so that that had a huge impact. And at the same time, the U.S. futures here in the U.S. for the Dow and the S and P, they were all down about one point nine to two percent, give or take. You know, the Dow futures were down was down like four hundred fifty points at the most, and then you had the S&P was down almost 2%. So you saw a huge, huge reaction in the futures market uh, for the for the open this morning. And the, and the market did open. In the first hour, you saw the Dow drop 450 points. You saw the, the S&P drop around 100, like, you know, uh, about 1. 1.7, 1. 1.6, 1.9%. But then that, that only lasted for the first hour. And then once that was over, and, and mind you, the majority of the almost 20% of the entire volume that was traded today was in the first hour of the day today. And that was very, very interesting. But, the, but then the market really rebounded once it came out that that the negotiations were still on because over the weekend there was a lot of talk about that the the Chinese delegation that was going to show up here in, in the next few days wasn't going to show up and there'll be no negotiation if the U.S. was going to put tariffs on China or increase these tariffs on China. Um, but it, it, it was reported that the negotiations are still on and everything's still, you know, in in that, you know, so, so the negotiations are ongoing and that, that that made the market feel a lot better and hence why you saw a huge rebound in the market after the first hour. So the the negative impact of of the um, of the tweet and the news that came out over the weekend was at at best you know so the S and P ended the day down only a half a percent and you know that's across the board you know the Nasdaq was down a little bit more but remember technology sector is really really going to be hurt especially the the chip makers and the uh, semiconductor sectors of that. Uh, of the technology space are really, really going to be affected by this. Now, the way the U.S. economy is structured, we have a lot of multinational companies who produce products in the U.S. and globally. 
and uh, we are a consumer-based economy where you know 70% of our economy is it's is consumption based this is a tariff is not the best tool for us to use in order to negotiate trade right it it is because uh there's many many reasons behind this so i'm going to give you an example so the this morning i was listening to uh tom lineberger of cummings uh you know uh on bloomberg and uh, and uh, he was being interviewed and now coming is one of the most one of the largest automotive uh companies in the world they make you know all kinds of engines and they're the largest manufacturer of diesel engines um you know and almost 40 percent of the diesel engines that they make i, I believe but they make around 1.3 million diesel engines a year and, and about 40 percent of them are sold in china right so Tom Leinbarger was was talking to Bloomberg, and he mentioned that um, that he hopes these uh, trade negotiations, you know, do well, and hopefully they're going well. But he he's worried that the U.S. is using these tariffs as a tool to negotiate, and he feels that that it is a it is the wrong tool to use, and uh, and he he doesn't think it's appropriate, and. Uh, and he was asked the question, so how much are, are these tariffs costing Cummings a year? So he estimated that about, you know, Cummings this year is going to pay a U.S. company, multinational company, is going to pay $150 million in tariff costs this year. That's that's a cost that a U.S. company has to pay in uh in order to pay for these tariffs. Now, this is not this is not good for business. This is not good for earnings, and this is not good for the competitiveness the competitiveness of a U.S. company around the world, right? So, and remember, uh, Cummings is one of the largest manufacturers of engines, and especially engines for trucks, right? There, you know, you, you know, so they sell most of the trucks to uh, the truck engines to to U.S. truck com- truck companies, and of course, when you're making engines you're also using up a lot of iron ore steel those kind of things and of course nafta and uh, or now the usmca is also a very very important trade deal for a company like cummings right so so you have to think about that what is an impact for, for these companies and 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 cummings is is one is one example that's paying a lot of of, of fees or tariffs cost and they're trying to absorb the, absorb those costs now those 150 million dollars that they're not paying in tariffs to the u.s government they may have used to maybe hire more people or what have you and and as we have known on this podcast that, that the manufacturing sector is it's not exactly booming right now it's slowing down it's still growing but at a slower rate so this is the last thing we need is for these tariffs to increase and and and, and a company like cummings to have to pay more in tariff costs right so so that so it's, it's definitely not good for the uh for the a u.s multinational company who's, who's selling engines globally and, and 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 manufacturing a lot of them here in the u.s now the key is that these uh, tariff talks hopefully don't last too long here, right? Because this could really impact the U.S. economy if uh, if the tariffs are increased to 25%, of which is scheduled currently uh, to go up, and if and they stay in place for a long period of time, it is definitely going to affect the U.S. economy. Now it will affect 
the Chinese economy and a lot of estimates out there. Um, some estimates are almost 1%. I think it's more like a half a percent uh, of GDP effect in, in China. It's going to affect our manufacturing sector definitely. So um, if it's at 25% on $200 billion, that is a major, major impact for U the U.S. manufacturing sector. And we already know that the manufacturing sector is not growing um, all that well. Job growth was anemic at best in in the last quarter or the last month. So we you know we don't need any more headwinds for that sector of the market because we can have an additional slowdown there. And the first quarter GDP number wasn't you know really that strong if you looked under the hood. So hopefully these tariffs don't last too long and uh, and um, you know they, they don't go into effect. Maybe we'll get a deal sooner than later. Maybe that's what they're trying to do here. We don't know exactly because, you know, there's a lot of conflicting information that's coming out of the administration and the negotiators. Now, if you're an investor in industrials technology, you have to look at your Chinese uh, exposure when it comes to these tariffs. So you have to look at what percentage of revenues in your companies you, you have invested in comes from China, right? Uh, are they exporting to China and how much of the revenue is coming from there? Because companies like Qualcomm and others who have really majority of the revenue uh, coming from China are go are going to be affected significantly. If you're a chip maker, a semiconductor, if you're a company like Cummings or Caterpillar or what have you, they're all going to have major impacts, uh, you know, impact on their earnings or revenue because of the, of the rise in tariffs, right? So you're going to see that happen. So definitely look at your portfolio, analyze it. And see where the, the the revenue is coming from. You, you know, these days you can just Google, you know, revenue of a certain company from China, what have you, and maybe you'll get a you know good gauge of it. So you know, as you're seeing that, and if you think in your mind that these tariffs and these negotiations are are going to go on for a period of time or long period of time, and you're worried, you know, maybe that's a point for you to uh, rebalance your your portfolio, right? So. And we do a little bit of a risk off trade. Risk off is when you're you're selling risky assets and buying more conservative assets, right? Like like bonds or, or cash, if you will. So you know, you're selling stocks and you're buying bonds or cash. Basically, that's what it means when you're talking about the risk off trade. Now, over the weekend, I got a great question from one of our listeners. His question was. Shape. I was wondering if you had any recommendations for a person who would like to understand basic fun fundamental market drivers, market correlations, and international market relations in the context of investing. Well, Mark, my only two, I have two options for you, and one is is if you go on Amazon or or if you Google a CFA fundamentals, right? This is a book that. A lot of uh, CFA candidates, is, it's a CFA is the Charter of Financial Analyst exam, right? And and a credential that a lot of uh, people in you know in, in the business money managers get in order to have a really good understanding of of, of the financial markets, the fundamentals, the economy, all kinds of things, right? And um, but this uh, CFA fundamentals is just a basic understanding of all the terms and things that, that we really talk about and this book will help you get through those those uh, terminologies and, and help you and give you a basic understanding of, of what you need to know in, in order to build your knowledge base up from there 
So, so that's one option. The other option would be is that I've used a website called Coursera.org. And Coursera is an online learning website where they have a lot of online like uh, programs and, and classes and courses um, that you can take in order to, uh, you know, to understand or learn new uh, fields, if you will. And I've used it for other reasons, you know, for other um, other fields, if you will. You know, I've done it for astronomy. I've done it for many different things. So I've used it for other things. So um, here, um, there's a uh, there's a course uh, that is by University of Geneva. It's called Understanding Financial Markets. And it's a, it's a course that I would take um, if I were you. And it gives you a good fundamental understanding of the financial markets and how they operate and they talk about and how the you know the economic fundamentals relate and go into that and and i think it's a great course you know and you can take it at your own pace you don't have to worry about deadlines or what have you um now this you know this would be just a basic understanding so both options that i've given you will give you a basic understanding of the financial markets uh, but then it gives you a good base, then you can build on top of that. So it won't give you a degree in finance, and it won't make you an expert in finance, but it will give you a base knowledge that you can build from. And that, and I think that's what's important. I hope you guys had a wonderful time listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it and if you learned something from it, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and please uh, subscribe and follow us on your respective platforms so your our podcast will be downloaded automatically. If you have any questions again for me, please email me at justmarkets at 365 at gmail.com. That's J-U-S-T-M-A-R-K-E-T-S 365 at gmail.com. Until next time, take care. Please remember this podcast is for information purposes only and presenters will make every effort to provide accurate information, but assumes no responsibility for accuracy. You should not construe any such information or other materials as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there cannot be any assurance that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy or products or non-investment related content made reference to directly or indirectly in this podcast will be profitable, equal any corresponding indicated historical performance levels be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation or prove successful. Due to various factors, including changing market conditions or applicable laws, the content may not, no longer be reflective of current opinions or positions. Moreover, you should not assume that any discussion or information contained in this podcast serves as a receipt or as a substitute for personal investment advice from your advisor. To extent you should have any questions regarding the applicability of any specific issues discussed, you are encouraged to consult with your professional advisor of your choosing.